This is everything you want to know about non-clinical careers for physicians. At Third Evolution, I'm your host, Robert Pretty. As someone who makes his living helping physicians create jobs and business opportunities outside clinical practice, you may think this is a surprising podcast. It may sound like I'm trying to talk you out of a non-clinical career. Well, that's for you to decide, and it's not my intention. What I want to tell you, however, is the truth. I've worked with physicians for more than 30 years. I've listened to their stories. I've helped them establish practices, new businesses, bought and sold medical practices, and helped them start new lives in different cities. Following that old adage that forewarned is forearmed, these are some of my observations. Let's begin with the very most basic. Don't ever let anyone tell you you're not a doctor anymore just because you stopped seeing patients. The stories I've heard sometimes go beyond belief. The emotional punishment I see physicians endure when they say to friends and colleagues, I think I want to leave clinical practice, is sometimes unbelievable. I've had clients who have spoken with mentors from medical school or residency and been ridiculed for betraying the profession or wasting their entire education. I've had clients who've had to leave their house in order to speak with me because a spouse was so frustrated and angry that they would no longer be married to a physician. And I've had physicians tell me of patients who accuse them of trying to kill them because they'll no longer be their physician. Think about it. If you were an attorney working in a large law firm and you decided to leave and work for a corporation, would you be considered a betrayer of the legal profession? Or perhaps if you were an architect and you left a large architectural firm and went to work for a nonprofit organization like Habitat for Humanity, are you no longer an architect? Why are physicians held to this standard that they can only practice medicine? So let's take a step back and talk about some of the very real anxieties that you'll likely face as you're going through this process of deciding or actually transitioning out of clinical practice. First, a lot of the anxiety is internal. You may certainly buy in to some of the things said to you, that betrayal to your education, your training, or your practice, your partner's. Most physicians I speak with and realize that number is in the thousands entered medical practice with the belief and the expectation medicine would be the only job they would ever have, and they would likely practice until a late, sometimes a very, very late retirement. If that was your expectation and you've been in practice for any period of time, then career change can represent a real shock to your psyche. And what I experience so often with my clients who have that perspective is that that in departing clinical practice, their expectation is this next job will then be the job they do until they retire. And the reality, whether good or bad, is that's probably not true. It's not true unless they're near retirement age because most people in the non-clinical world They change jobs every three to five or five to seven years. So if you have 15 or 20 years left in what you consider your professional life, you may have three or four or even five additional jobs after this initial transition. That may be a bit scary, but here's the reality. This is the big leap. 
this is the difficult transition. If you do a good job, and I think most of my clients do an exceptional job, you'll find that those next steps, the job after this and the job after that and the following job, they'll come about quite naturally. You're very likely to be recruited into them. You're not going to go through the anxiety of feeling like you're walking alone uh, down an isolated path anymore. Uh, You'll be part of an industry and an organization, and it's most likely you will actually be sought out for those next steps in your career. After those internal pressures that you allow yourself to uh, entertain, then come the external pressures. As I said, I've had clients with spouses very, very disappointed in the fact that they were leaving clinical practice. And that does extend to those others around you in the professional community. And realize even your children have a significant portion of their identities tied to you being a physician. And your colleagues in particular can be a very interesting group in their responses and how they will treat you. I have had clients tell me that their decisions have been disparaged by associates, while at the same time others literally cheer them on and are envious about their departure and wish they could go along. I had one who was so pleased with his decision to leave clinical practice, he contacted his residency mentor expecting that same level of encouragement, and he was completely devastated when the mentor turned on him, accused him of wasting his education, the mentor's time, and every resource that went into his medical education and training. And therein lies the very interesting medical education training practice paradigm, a professional paradigm truly unlike any other. Consider this, no other profession trains individuals to believe they are qualified to perform only one task. Consider this as well. No other profession starts its new grads at a salary level equal to the highest income they'll ever make in their lives. I'll say some surgical specialties accepted. But for the most part, once you leave residency or fellowship, your first job You'll make as much proportionally as everyone else in the practice and as much as you'll ever make in your life, simply adjusted for normal cost of living increases, which are effectively the purview of what changes occur in the Medicare fee schedule. And consider those two elements in the context that medicine has to do this because no other profession levies such high levels of educational debt on its students. In short, The medical training education practice paradigm is rigged to force physicians to practice medicine. Why? Because the number of physicians is strictly manipulated to effectively ensure a constant shortage, thereby a constant demand that ensures financial stability and success. In effect, physicians are treated as commodities from the day they enter medical school. Their numbers controlled by actuarial calculations based on so many in and so many out within each specialty. Next, consider the expectation for supplemental education. Every physician believes every other physician should experience the same pain he or she experienced to make a career transition. If one physician got an MBA, every physician has to get an MBA. Trust me, you don't need an MBA. But if you want one, Let the company that hires you pay for it. 
it will actually have some meaning then as you apply your learning to your day-to-day responsibilities and create experience that has value. Further, education does not have to mean a degree. You may want or need some additional knowledge. There are many ways to become educated to gain knowledge without adding the time, expense, and frustration that comes with another two to three years for your next degree. Outside of medical practice, experience is what sells. So I would say quickly, can you tell me where Jamie Dimon graduated from college? What about Warren Buffett? And did you know that Warren Buffett was declined enrollment to Harvard? So worry less about degrees. Worry more about the value that you can bring, the problems you can solve in a new organization. I fully appreciate that this is a very different perspective. You are accustomed to your career being controlled by your educational credentials. But now, get used to your career being controlled by your accomplishments. You've accomplished quite a bit. You just need to know how to express those accomplishments in a way non-physicians can understand, appreciate, and value. So let's talk more about physicians punishing physicians. More physicians than you could imagine say the same to me. We're the only profession that eats its own. I recall a physician once telling me he'd had a very long and successful career working locums, but he decided to open a practice and stay in one place since he was getting married. His medical license in his new location, a new state, was denied, and in the words of the medical review board, all physicians naturally, there must be something wrong with him since he couldn't get a practice before and had to practice locums. Well, he could have had a traditional practice, but locums was purely a lifestyle choice. He was a young man, and it allowed him to travel, visit different places, and quite frankly, enjoy himself while doing what he loved most, practice medicine. I had another physician tell me that she was fired from her emergency department job by her medical group because she was diagnosed with MS and simply asked to reduce her schedule a bit. She was told the schedule is the schedule, and if you can't keep up with everyone else, then you don't work here anymore. Another physician shared a story of working with a recruiter who told her she was unhirable because after needing an extended period for recuperation following surgery, her health system terminated her contract, but she was offered reinstatement once she recovered and decided to return to work. In the meantime, she decided to relocate, and because the word terminated was used in the letter from her past employer, the recruiter determined that to be a sentinel event precluding her from any future clinical employment. And yet another physician, while on vacation with his wife in a foreign country, were overheard speaking rather loudly by a hotel worker. The worker, not understanding English, perceived it to be an argument and in turn called the local police. A report was filed regardless of the explanation that they were simply speaking loudly, and it may have appeared heated, but was not. That action, which became a police record, was subsequently reported to his state medical licensing board in the U.S., and his license was placed on probation. I hope you don't have stories as extreme or as alarming as these, but they do happen. Yet, once you step outside your immediate and current sphere of associates and friends and colleagues 
I think you're going to find a very, very different world. A world that's quite interesting and quite inviting in the sense that you will discover opportunities that provide significant challenge and stimulation and reward. So do expect some pushback. You know, expect some resistance and expect some criticism even. But expect it to stop once you move away from your current environment. Where then does this lead? Well, you must create your own path, your own roadmap to your next career. I talk about roadmaps. I often talk about compasses as well. Uh, Roadmaps are very specific, whereas compass points may be more broad. So begin with a broad perspective and narrow it down until you really do have a roadmap, a roadmap that tells you these are the kinds of problems I want to solve in a new and different business or industry. These are the kinds of people I want to be around. These are the businesses who may actually even be able to hire me. Then you can chart a path that places you in the room with those people by attending conferences and seminars that are put on by the professional societies or associations of that specific industry. Now, every physician asks me this question, what's out there? And the answer to that is absolutely anything you want to do. I will say, more specifically, anything that you have the skills for, the knowledge to support, and an interest. And interest should be the strongest driving factor in your decision-making. You want to do something that you're interested in. I've rarely spoken to a physician who's leaving clinical practice just because they felt like doing something different. Most physicians are leaving clinical practice because it's an unhappy place to be. It is an unrewarding place to be. It is a very stressful place to be. So when you make a step away from something like that, you should certainly be moving towards something that will stimulate your interests and hopefully stir your passions. If you allow interest and passion to be your primary driver, I can promise you, you'll be much more successful than if you just try to do a job that, quote-unquote, you can do. As I often say to people, there are many things in this world that I could do, but I'd rather do something I want to do. And that's what you should focus on as well, those things you actually want to do. Supporting that, I've never sat down with a client who has said they are interested in a certain topic for which they did not have some skill or supporting knowledge that would help them be successful in that area. We don't tend to develop interests in things we know nothing about. So let your interest be the driver. Further, as you are looking at non-clinical outcomes, don't just look at the obvious. There certainly are very obvious pathways where you expect to see physicians employed. You expect to see physicians in the pharmaceutical industry, in the biotech industry, in insurance, with provider organizations. But also appreciate that because you see ads and placements for physicians in those areas, they are extremely crowded areas. 
In fact, they're the very most crowded areas for physicians to find employment in, and they are also the areas that are most likely to follow a very rigid employment onboarding type of process. In other words, they're going to post jobs, they're going to seek candidates who fit the qualifications and requirements that they have, and they're going to narrow down that list for interviewing purposes and make a decision. It's highly unlikely you're going to sit down with a group of pharmaceutical executives and stimulate them to believe that you can solve some unique problem for them. But that's not the case in many other industries. So a couple of final thoughts. As you embark on this process, you can certainly go it alone. You can read a number of books. There are some conferences and seminars that you can attend that uh, will expose you to what some other people have done. Uh, Although that is contrary to my perspective, you want to do what you want to do and not be searching through a hodgepodge of, of other people's activities and successes. Be true to yourself. And if you do decide to go down this pathway by yourself, I want to make sure you have the best opportunity to be successful. So you need to have a plan. You need to follow a process. And frankly, I've outlined plan and process in my book, The Physician's Guide to Non-Clinical Careers. If you send me a text or drop me an email, I'll be happy to send you a free PDF copy as well. Or you may buy a Kindle copy at Amazon.com if you prefer. As much guidance and direction as my book will provide, ultimately the pathway you follow will be unique to you. And if you dedicate yourself as much to that new pathway as you have up to this point in medicine, it will be an enormously rewarding pathway indeed. Best of luck to you in your new endeavors. For Third Evolution, this is Bob Pretty. Feel free to contact me at 720-339-3585 for voice or text or email rfp at thirdevo.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.